1: Now get 0% APR or up to $1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson, now during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. What's going on, everyone? My name is Elliot Shore Parks. Today is Thursday, October 20th, and this is the Best Football Podcast, bringing you all the news from around the NFL that you need to know today. Let's get into the top three stories going on around the league. The top NFL story, it comes from the top NFL ownership, and it seems like there is a real chance Washington Commanders owner Daniel Snyder might actually be removed as owner of the Washington team. Indianapolis Colts owner Jim Irsay said recently that he believes there is merit to removing Snyder as the owner of Washington. Here's what Irsay had to say. He said, quote, I believe there is merit to removing him as owner of the Commanders Uh, There's consideration that he should be removed, and this is a big deal, and it's a big deal for a couple reasons. A, it's a big deal that Snyder could finally be removed as owner of the Washington Commanders. Let's be honest, they have been one of the worst run franchises in all of sports, not just the NFL, in all of sports, just from Everything that has happened that he's been accused of, obviously, and how the uh, executive part of the team is run. Uh, The stadium alone, it's the worst stadium in the NFL by far. A, nobody goes to it. They can't sell out any of their games. But the stadium itself is also... Not good. I mean, I, I you know, I, I want to be careful what word I use here, but it's what it's the worst stadium in the NFL and likely one of the worst stadiums in all of sports. So for an NFL, a league that is without question, the top league uh, in the world, uh, you know, if, if you don't want to include the soccer leagues uh, across the seas. It is certainly the biggest league in America to have an owner like Daniel Snyder representing them, not only representing the league, but the way he runs the team. I mean, just the fact that they have a team in their league run as poorly as Washington is, it's a terrible look for the league. I do think... There is a real chance that they will end up removing Daniel Snyder. The league is going to need 24 out of 32 votes to get him out of there. You hear what uh, Jim Irsay is saying? The fact that they're willing to say that, the fact that Jim Irsay comes out and says that is incredibly telling. The owners, through all of the bad scandals, I'm not saying they've stuck behind Daniel Snyder, but they've not come out publicly and spoken about the fact that he could be removed and this of course comes on the heels of al michaels on thursday night football saying he believes maybe snyder should sell and you know with a guy like al michaels an absolute legend around the league someone that's well connected he's not just saying that now i thought that the reaction to him saying it was a little funny everybody was like wow i can't believe he would say that Well, of course he would. Daniel Snyder needs to sell the team. I don't care if he's trying to build a new stadium. I don't care if he's owned it for a long time. This needs to happen. The NFL needs to make it happen, not just for the league, but for the fans of Washington who have been through a lot. So that is certainly the top story right now and something that is worth monitoring. The second biggest story in the league right now, Denver Broncos quarterback Russell Wilson is day-to-day. He's going to have an MRI on his injured hamstring and this is more bad news for the Broncos. You look at how poorly that Russell situation is working out already. They traded multiple firsts for him. They gave him a contract for $275 million. They're essentially locked into him for, I believe, seven years. And he looks cooked. He looks cooked. I mean, talk about you know letting Russell cook. He himself looks cooked right now. I mean, NFL fans know he's in prime time every week, and every week the Broncos seem to look worse and worse. Denver is dead last right now, averaging just 15.2 points per game, and their offense looks even worse than that. You look at their loss this week to uh, the Los Angeles Chargers, and they looked completely inept for three quarters of that game, especially in the second half. I believe Russell Wilson only completed three passes in the second half, and then maybe one or two in overtime. I mean, they look like they can get nothing done, and what's crazy is, It's not really a lack of talent. Jerry, Judy, Cortland Sutton, I mean, they have talented players on that offense. And Russell Wilson should still be playing better. I know that last year in Seattle wasn't great from him, but ultimately he's not 40. He's not like 45 like Tom Brady is. He's still young enough where he should be playing at a high level. And when I watch the Broncos, what stands out to me is how lost he looks in the pocket and how kind of out of control When he moves around now, I know his offensive line play hasn't been great, but for a veteran player like that, you would think he would A, be able to get rid of the ball quicker, but B, when he's in the pocket, he looks like he's running around like a chicken with his head cut off. He looks like he has no idea what he's doing now. Maybe he's still learning the offense. I do believe in their head coach, despite the fact that it's not been a good start for him. I think coming from where he's coming from, you know, just the times I've spent with him at at owner's meetings. I do believe he is an impressive individual, and it still is early. they are only you know six games into the into his NFL career as a head coach in six games together with Russell Wilson and that new offense. So um, I saw in Philadelphia last year, the Eagles came out to a two and five start. It looked like Sirianni was lost. It looked like they were going to fire him. And now they're 6-0, and Sirianni is on top of the list of guys that could win NFL Coach of the Year. So things do change. It takes time. I'm not saying Denver's a complete lost cause at this point, but when you add in the contract they gave him, the first-round picks, there should have been more immediate results. You don't trade for Russell Wilson as a developmental piece. He's a win-now quarterback. And Denver was viewed as a win-now team. Their defense is really good. It continues to be really good. And again, Jerry, Judy, like, they have pieces. So for them to come out this this slow is certainly disappointing. And now with Russell Wilson day-to-day with this MRI on his hamstring, you have to wonder if he's going to miss time. Are they going to have to go to their backups? If they do, it's hard to imagine the offense is going to look any better. They Certainly, if you're Russell Wilson, deep down, you don't want to get into a Nick Foles, Cooper Rush situation where your backup comes in and they win games. But Going from bad to worse in Denver. So Russell Wilson, day to day, we'll see if he plays this uh, uh, in the Broncos next game. The third biggest news right now, and this was a, a pretty unbelievable story. Deshaun Jackson recently said that he was not retired from the NFL and that he did still want to play. When I saw that, I thought it was a bit of a pipe dream. Deshaun Jackson has had trouble staying healthy over the last few years, not been a super productive player and it's you know, week six of the season. I didn't think he was a guy that people would sign off the street. But a team like the Ravens, a team that was supposed to be a Super Bowl contender, a team that was supposed to be one of the best teams in the league, they're desperate right now. So the Baltimore Ravens signing Deshaun Jackson. He's on the practice squad right now. Ultimately, I do believe he'll end up on the active roster. And it's a move that I don't want to say they had to make, but when you look at where they're at... They had only 195 passing yards against the Giants last week. Now, the Giants are a good defensive team. They've been surprisingly good in that front. But when you have Lamar Jackson at quarterback, you should be passing for more than 195 yards. I know Lamar likes to run the ball, and he's certainly very dynamic in that. But he has an absolute cannon for an arm, and I believe he does throw a nice ball. So ultimately, if you're Lamar Jackson, the Baltimore Ravens, and you're thinking about signing him to a franchise deal— you need to see more than 195 passing yards. And I don't believe that it's all on uh, Jackson, right? You look at their receivers. Their top receiver right now is tight end Mark Andrews. Devin Duvernay is the number one receiver on their team in wide receiver targets. Devin Duvernay is a nice player. He is not wide receiver one on a championship caliber team. So they bring in Deshaun Jackson, still has the speed. He played actually in 16 games in 2021, which is pretty surprising because When I covered him in Philadelphia, he only played, I believe, eight games over two years. And then you look at his time with the Rams. I mean, he had trouble staying on the field. But averaged 22.7 yards per catch last year uh, when he was in the league. So we'll see. I mean, if you're the Ravens, again, this is a desperate move. It's a desperate time. They have to get better passing the ball. And I believe this is a move that could pay off. And there's really no harm, no foul. You bring him in. If he plays well, if he brings that explosiveness to the offense— certainly something they need. His speed, his ability to track the deep ball combined with Lamar Jackson's arm could be explosive. So a good move for the Ravens, ultimately. I think it's something, like I said, they had to make, and we'll see how it pans out. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, now let's get into the take of the day. And my biggest take so far through six weeks of this NFL season is there is simply not a lot of good quarterback play. You look around the league, certainly Mahomes, Allen, like there are those elite level guys. But it got, I got to thinking, who are the 10 best quarterbacks in the league right now? And I think there's a lot of names on there. That We're not used to seeing and I think there's three names specifically that are definitely not in the top 10 at this point And it's really telling for where those teams are at. So I'm gonna list my top 10 quarterbacks uh, And I'll talk about the guys that I don't believe made the list Number one at this point is still Patrick Mahomes coming into the year I thought Josh Allen would take that from him and Josh Allen look he's played great and I know that he won the head-to-head matchup But Mahomes has been ridiculous at this point. His ability just to make insane throws continues to surprise every week. And maybe it shouldn't at this point because we all know he can do it. But watching him do it week in and week out, and I think the loss of Tyreek Hill— has really added to my respect for Mahomes. He's doing it with not a great cast of receivers. Obviously, Travis Kelsey is very good, but in terms of their receivers, he's not that they don't have that Tyree Kill anymore. And he's still been effective. 17 touchdowns, four interceptions, a five and one record. He maintains the number one spot. Number two, Josh Allen. 17 touchdowns, four interceptions, just like Mahomes, four and two record. I just think at this point, after losing, him to in the play, losing to him in the playoffs last year, here's what it comes down to. If you were starting a team, if you had no players on your roster, and you said, who would you want to build your team around? Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen? I think Mahomes is still the answer. As good as Allen is, I just ultimately would rather tie my franchise to Mahomes. A- Allen could end up taking this spot for Mahomes, but I still have Mahomes, number one. Number three for me is Jalen Hurts. And this is surprising because coming into the year, You weren't even sure if he had the franchise job. The Eagles were trying to look all offseason for a different quarterback. But what he's done through the first six weeks is lead his team to an undefeated start. He only has six passing touchdowns, but he also has six rushing touchdowns. So 12 total touchdowns uh, in six games. Only two interceptions. His interception percentage is just 1.1, second best in the NFL, and first among the guys that have started all the games. So he's incredibly smart with the ball. When he throws it, he very well, he never fumbles it when he runs it. Um, and he's incredibly effective as a runner. And what I think has stood out about him this year is when the Eagles' offense has struggled, whether it's offensive line play, whether it's an inability to run. Jalen Hurts running on the ground and what he can do with his legs have saved that offense. I do not believe they would be 6-0 if they still had Carson Wentz. I do not believe they'd be 6-0 had they traded for Russell Wilson. So Jalen Hurts at this point, when you combine his outstanding play with his undefeated record— It's hard to put any other quarterback in the league ahead of him. I know he benefits from the situation around him, but he is also playing very well. So I have him number three right now in my quarterback rankings. Number four for me is Lamar Jackson, 13 passing touchdowns, despite the fact, as we talked about, his receiving core is not that great. I know the loss to the Giants was bad. He had that bad interception at the end, and he still does have six interceptions, But incredibly dynamic player, uh, leading a Ravens team that is really not that talented on offense to three and three in some ways itself is impressive. And I don't see another quarterback around the league right now that I can say is playing considerably better than him. So I would put Lamar Jackson fourth on my list. Fifth, I'm still going with Joe Burrow. I know that his offensive line is disastrous. They don't want to be 3-3 three and three coming off that Super Bowl win. But 12 touchdowns, 5 interceptions. I think if you put him on a team with a half-decent offensive line, those numbers would be even better. He's great from the pocket, throws a beautiful ball. And he brought the Bengals to the Super Bowl last year. Ultimately, he's a guy I think is a winner. We saw what he did in college And I think the Bengals are going to bounce back and end up having a good record this year. So, Joe Burrow for me is number five. Number six is Justin Herbert. And honestly, I'm probably being a little generous putting him here. He's a guy that all the talent in the world, he's listed as a top, you know, five quarterback by most people. He's viewed as a franchise guy, but he doesn't win. Like, I need to see Justin Herbert put together a string of wins or a playoff appearance or a playoff win before I'm ready to list him among guys like Mahomes, Allen, Lamar Jackson, even Jalen Hurts has been to the playoffs, Joe Burrow, gone to a Super Bowl, right? Other guys that are on this list behind him have had playoff success. So Justin Herbert, extremely talented, a guy that I would still like to build my team around, but let's not fool ourselves. He is getting close to the point where you have to say, Is he a guy that can win in the NFL? Because he does have talent. He does have, I think, a good coaching staff. And the wins just aren't there. So Justin Herbert comes in number six on my list. Number seven, I can't believe this guy is here. The next two actually are very surprising. Kirk Cousins uh, comes in at number seven. Nine touchdowns, five interceptions, five and one record. Ton of talent around him. I really like the coach there in Minnesota. And I think that, look, Kirk Cousins is a little like Joe Burrow, only way less cool. Kirk Cousins, when he's in the pocket, he throws a really nice football. So I think right now, when you look at the fact they're 5-1, and one, 9 touchdowns in 6 games, he's been one of the best quarterbacks in the league. So I have him number 7 on my list of the current best 10 best quarterbacks. Rounding out the bottom 3 are 3 quarterbacks that would not have been on this list last year. Number 8, Geno Smith. Look. I don't know if I can say fully believe in him yet. I don't know as a free agent if he's somebody I would want to sign. But number eight on the list, nine touchdowns. He's got a Seahawks team that was supposed to be one of the worst in the league at three and three, only two interceptions. He's making impressive throws. He's winning big games. He deserves to be number eight on this list. Number nine, Trevor Lawrence, nine touchdowns, four interceptions. They've had a disappointing last few games after getting off to a good start. But you're seeing the talent that he has. You're seeing what Doug Peterson can do for him. Throws a very nice ball. Someone I would want to build my team around if you put the right pieces around him. He's number nine. Number 10, final spot. It's not Aaron Rodgers. It's not Tom Brady. It's not Russell Wilson. I'm putting two at number 10. I know he's been out a few games due to his concussion. But before that, he was playing unbelievable. Three and one this year. Eight touchdowns, three interceptions. With the talent he has around him, he's showing he can take advantage of it. He had that unbelievable comeback against Baltimore. I think he's been one of the 10 best quarterbacks in this league when he's played. So Mahomes, Allen, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Kirk Cousins, Geno Smith, Trevor Lawrence, and Tua. No Rodgers, no Brady. And I think that when you look at the top 10 quarterbacks this year, it's hard to make an argument for them. Neither of them have a winning record. Brady's numbers are impressive. Eight touchdowns, one interception. But when I look at these two guys, if I'm a GM of a team, Do I want to build around two older players that look completely disinterested in what is going on? They have talent around them. Brady has talent around him. Rodgers has a good pass-blocking offensive line. He has Aaron Jones. He has a good defense. He lost to the Giants. He lost to the Jets. Tom Brady lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers. The two things you're supposed to get with them, with, with these two quarterbacks, are wins. That's why you pay them all the money. They're supposed to be difference makers. They are not difference makers right now. And on top of that, there're two guys that again don't seem like they want to be there. Rodgers barely came back last year. Tom Brady retired, unretired. Other guys on this list that I talked about. Geno Smith, he's not as talented as them. He's playing for his career. You know he's going to get 100% from him each week. Jalen Hurts, motivating, team leader. Joe Burrow. These guys are guys that are going out on Sundays and playing extremely hard and seem like they're incredibly invested. Tom Brady yelling at his teammates. Aaron Rodgers, again, almost retired. He seems more interested in off-the-field stuff than football. I can't get behind these guys right now as my franchise quarterback. So before the year, if you would have told me there wouldn't be an Aaron Rodgers, a Tom Brady, or a Russell Wilson in my top uh, 10, I would have thought you were crazy. But through six weeks of the NFL, that's where I am at. They're no longer difference makers. I'm not interested in having them leading my team. So this has been your Thursday edition of the Best Football Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Elliot Shore Parks, and I'll talk to you on Friday.